Welcome to the family here on Purple Mafia. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, Double Twist, Amazon Music, and blah 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 blah. Audible, even 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 Audible. Can you imagine? They just they just pop up on there. It's it's cool. It's pretty cool. Stuff just pops up, and then there it is. I guess maybe because I joined Amazon Music or. Who knows, but it's on there, and it's wonderful. <laughs> with that said, thank you once again for joining me today. We're going to catch up with the divisional round of the postseason, which I think is about as good as it gets because you have a good amount of games still, and the quality's better usually than the wild card. You get rid of the, the, the Washington football team, teams like that. It's good, you know, they were good, though, like the Bears, you know. Some people might even have thought Cleveland years ago, but, uh, yeah, you know, they were competitive. They were competitive, but... Other circumstances kind of help them being competitive in that game. We'll get to that in a bit. This should be only a two-segment show because there's really no Viking news other than like transactions with the practice squad, stuff like that. Guys like Eddie Yarborough and such. So we'll just uh, let that kind of go as is. No new news about uh, special teams coordinators signed or anything like that. We'll see who it is. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be Mike Prefer. We're gonna bring him back. No, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Cleveland Browns head coach for a week last week when uh, Kevin Stefanski was out with COVID. Crazy stuff. Kevin Stefanski, nice future. I wish he was the Vikings coach, actually, and I think I'm in the majority in that conversation. That's your Vikings conversation. I wish Kevin Stefanski was the Vikings coach, but, uh, or, uh, you know, the other guy people are talking about nonstop now. Eric Bieniemy, of course. He was the Vikings running back coach. Seems like yesterday, right? He's actually the soundbite when you hear, uh, Antoine Winfield and the infamous uh, too many men on the field play that cost the Vikings dearly in 2009 and helped Favre panic and make the uh, across the body interception that we all hear about from Paul Allen. Uh, yeah, but uh, you heard Antoine Winfield saying, hey, you got too many men in there. And then Eric Bieniemy said, no. And that's kind of Vikings history right there. Too many men in there. Yeah, just that's how it goes. So, of course, fan interaction segment will be segment number two, and the current segment will be the playoff roundup and such. We'll try to go in chronological order if we possibly can. Buffalo Bills, Buffalo Bills, 17, Baltimore 3. Buffalo Bills did to Baltimore what Baltimore did to Tennessee the week before. They were very, uh, very uh, forceful. They were very uh, strong defensively. Very, very solid game. Uh <laughs> Lamar Jackson couldn't do squat basically most of the game, and then he had a concussion as he was hit getting rid of the ball out of the end zone, preventing a safety, and then he didn't have safety with his uh, head, unfortunately, the way he just, his head just went smack onto the ground, whiplash and all that, and he uh, was under concussion protocols, kind of like a similar, very talented quarterback in the AFC. We'll talk about that again. We'll see how that goes. I'm not sure. Tyler Huntley replaces him. It was kind of like game over at that point, even though Jackson was not playing particularly well. Josh Allen didn't have his best game either, but it was good enough. It was good enough. It was mostly the Stefan Diggs show in a lot of ways, 106 yards and a touchdown. And, of course, the Buffalo Bills defense was extremely aggressive and quote-unquote rude. You could say Jerry Hughes with a couple of sacks. Mario, Mario, Mario Edison with a sack, four stacks total levy, Levi Wallace, Levy, no, Levi Wallace was able to get the fourth stack on the Baltimore quarterbacks, three of them, Lamar Jackson, and one to Tyler Huntley. It's just, Baltimore couldn't do squat, it just kind of was what it was, but for the longest time, Buffalo couldn't do anything either, because Baltimore's defense is very good as well. Black and blue, East Coast, get out of my way, get out of my way, kind of defense, basically, old school, kind of like you think about the Giants, you think about Buffalo back in the day as well, Bruce Smith and such, so of course they had a pretty sexy offense back in the good old days, Dan, the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, when Buffalo made four consecutive Super Bowls, we'll see what happens with these Buffalo Bills, 13-3 and season, and it continues on to the AFC Championship, again, not the most exciting game to watch, but it was nice to see Stefan Digsby, a star, have his highlight plays once again, he wasn't especially spectacular. He was just very solid, very good, and they made the plays they needed to make against a very talented, very dangerous, very strong and forceful Baltimore defense. Justin Tucker didn't help either. He looked like Dan Bailey. Tyler Bass looked like Dan Bailey as well, or, you know, the Dan Bailey that was out there this year. Generally, Dan Bailey was a very accurate, very solid kicker for 
the Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys before that, but obviously not this year. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, both kickers missing multiple kicks, Tucker and Bass. Tucker was a great kicker, and then, well, there you go. Magically not good, and that did not help the Baltimore Ravens' cause, and they actually have some decent drives. Though, it's better when you can actually get into the bleeping end zone rather than having to rely on a kicker in the first place to save the, save the day or to, well, save face pretty much on your drive. But, I don't know. Easier said than done, I suppose. That was easier said than done the entire game for both clubs, but Buffalo was just the better team. They play defense like this against Kansas City. They will go to the Super Bowl, and they will beat Aaron Rodgers as well. Interesting, though, that that could be the route for the Buffalo Bills. They will have to beat Simon... <laughs> they will have to beat back-to-back games Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers. That's pretty scary. That's the top two quarterbacks in the league at this stage. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, 48 touchdowns this year. Spectacular numbers, and we all know who Patrick Mahomes is, and he's worth every penny, basically, at this point. Though he does get banged up on occasion, as we did see last season. That's why the Chiefs didn't have home field advantage uh, last year. But uh, that's how that goes. <laughs> it is what it is. Didn't have home field advantage throughout the playoffs, but they wound up gaining it as the season progressed. Uh, as the postseason progressed. Baltimore again. You know, at least they got to the second round, I guess. But I don't know. I suppose they were automatically in the second round last year. Uh, we'll see. Very impressive win over Tennessee, the team that knocked them out last year. But that's how the playoffs are sometimes. You get to play the same team again, but it's in an earlier round. Hey, we beat them, and then, yay, you got you know, your season comes to a uh, quick and painful halt the next round. Buffalo Bills, better showing, though. Better showing, because the defense wasn't nearly as good last week. Um, Phillip Rivers, maybe it was his last game. Probably not, but maybe he went out there and played a hell of a game last week, and they almost beat the Bills. It just reeked of, like, oh my god, the Bills are going to choke this thing away, like they did uh, a year ago against the Houston Texans. That was very frustrating. I wanted Buffalo to win that game, but they just didn't. Buffalo Bills advanced to the AFC Championship game in a black and blue or, well, these are literally bruise colors. Purple and blue. <laughs> purple and blue situation going forward. Oh, purple. Purple and blue. Purple is like veins and, well, I guess, yeah, well, veins would be blue blood also. Blue blood or purple blood. It's mostly purple blood that comes out of veins and then arteries is Red. I'm sure you're fascinated by that conversation, but well, that's how it goes. That's how that goes. Actually, the Green Bay Slackers game was actually even before Buffalo, so shame on me already. Green Bay Slackers was the leadoff game, but it's okay. It doesn't matter. We know who won the game. Jared Goff actually played reasonably well. It's just not enough. It was just not enough. Too little, you know, too little. Cam Akers very, very solid in the game. I mean, the, the Rams had a shot in this one. Their divas just couldn't get the job done at the end. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, spectacular. I mean, the Rams had a legitimate chance in this game. The offense couldn't click when it absolutely needed to. And it's just, I don't know, further proof that the number one pick doesn't always give you the best quarterback in the draft or this or that. Jared Goff, obviously, decent decent quarterback, but not that great. He's kind of like run-of-the-mill, as have been many others. You know, I mean, the guy we're going to talk about from Cleveland coming up as well. Is he really like a number one pick? Type of a superstar. No, which is what you're hoping for in a number one pick. Rodgers could have gone number one back in 2005, and he didn't. Alex Smith did, and he's run of the mill, you know, slightly above average quarterback. And then Aaron Rodgers went on to be a, a legend. I hate saying it, but he did. <clears throat> it was the Aaron and Aaron show. Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, Aaron Jones. That was kind of the undoing of the Los Angeles Rams. They, they just could not stop the run. They couldn't stop the run. It was ridiculous. Rodgers just was, you know, as efficient as he was <clears throat> and solid as he was. He didn't put up spectacular numbers. He was good. But the Rams just couldn't stop the run. And there's just nothing you can do. If you can't stop the run, the clock's going to keep going. And then your offense just kind of, you know, it has it moments and it kind of doesn't. And it's just, I don't know. I, I could just go on and on about how mediocre Jared Goff is. And that's where they were willing to go with Wolford when Rodgers, or Rodgers, when Goff had the, uh, the thumb uh, issue going into last week. I don't know. It's a shame. I, I like the Rams, but I don't know. It just wasn't there. The pass rush wasn't there with Rodgers. I mean, no sacks. Zero sacks. Aaron Donald was very banged up, and that did not help. He had that torn cartilage in the rib, so obviously I was correct about the rib injury situation. Big bummer there. Aaron Donald had been, been, would have been very nice. I mean, if you don't have a pass rush against Aaron Rodgers, it's kind of over. It's just kind of over. And again, you can't stop the run. You can't get to Rodgers. You're, you're not going to win. It's that simple. It's that simple. We'll see what the Tampa Bay Bucks can do moving forward. But it, 
I mean, the Packers just kind of did what they had to in the game. I mean, any it's it's always like that with Rodgers. Like, you need to get the stop. It's third and long, or it's third and goal, or this or that. He's always he's still dangerous with his feet. He'll just find that magic spot that he needs to go to, and he'll get there with his feet, or he'll throw it right in that magic little pixel on your television, where it's the only place the ball can go without being batted down or intercepted, and it's first down Green Bay. That's just, that's Aaron Rodgers, and I don't know. I mean, they absolutely can win the Super Bowl. I'm not guaranteeing anything, obviously, but they absolutely can. They just might, unfortunately, for everybody out there that would not like to see that, myself included. Crosby's been hitting and sticking like Popeye's Red Chicken. He's making his kicks. Sorry, that was a Paul Allen reference. I'm sure somebody else as well. Um, Just the big plays were made. The big plays were made. uh, Scantling missed a couple of plays, but he made a couple as well. Alan Lazard, 58-yard play. Man, Devontae Adams spectacular as always, making the catches he needs to, getting those first downs, moving the chains, and getting in the end zone once as well. And Rodgers didn't make the mistakes he was making like a year or two or three years ago. He was just like, you know, the mistakes, lackluster play. It was like he was just kind of bored and frustrated and tired of his team. And then now it's just like, and obviously the play calling of uh, McCarthy. So, I don't know. Obviously, seems like a better relationship with Lafleur, and it's a completely different team. Good, strong defense most of the time. They can abs- absolutely get beat, but at the same time, their pass rush is what it is. I mean, Zadarius ZD or ZS ZDS Zadarius Smith. He's always finding the quarterback one way or another. Kenny Clark with a sack and a half, sharing with Rashawn Gary, also a sack and a half. So again, four sacks total on the banged-up, mediocre Jared Goff. Again, Aaron Rodgers not sacked once. They just couldn't get to him, and the pass rush was non-existent. It's just, you know, when you have no Aaron Donald, you know, generally speaking, he was there, but mostly in spirit at the end of the day. He got one tackle. Just wasn't the same guy, and it's, it's kind of sad. <sighs> Too bad, you know. It's a freaking shame. I, I would have liked to see the Rams win, obviously. Not just because hatred for the Packers. I, I kind of like the Rams a little bit. I, I kind of do. I, if you hadn't noticed, I kind of like them. And, you know, I, I'm not this huge fan. Like, go Rams. I'm not going to buy their hats or their jerseys. I'm not going to, you know, I mean, anything L.A., I just kind of roll my eyes most of the time. Because what does L.A. represent, you know? It represents a lot of things I'm not a big fan of these days. So, it just does. <sighs> Ugh. <laughs> so, but, I don't know. It's a cool team, cool franchise that, you know, it went away for a long time in St. Louis and came back, and I don't know. It would have been nice to see them advance. Of course, they got to the Super Bowl just two years ago. It feels like ancient history now, and uh, that same quarterback that beat them with one good drive (laughs) after their defense was unbelievable, both the Rams and the Patriots, by the way, uh, is back in the uh, conference championship after last year's massive hiatus, getting demolished by the Tennessee Titans last year with a receiving core that couldn't do anything. I mean, it was a garbage receiving car. Slightly better weapons in Tampa Bay. We'll get to that in a minute. Green Bay Packers advance where they will play a certain Tampa Bay team. The Battle of the Bays will happen. I was, actually, I had a clean sweep this weekend. A clean sweep. Not happy with all of them. I'm not happy Kansas City won. I'm, I'm already tired of them. I don't like their behavior late yesterday very much. I, I didn't like it. I think a lot of people didn't like them. I saw one post out there saying it's the Bills versus the Thugs and and Patrick Mahomes <laughs> next week. <laughs> like a bunch of thugs. Because Patrick Mahomes is the, the only nice guy practically on that team. Yeah, I, I'm not a... I'm, not, I'm becoming a less and less of a fan of the Chiefs already. Already. It, it didn't take long, did it? <laughs> it really didn't. Buffalo Bills. Go Bills, right? Go Bills. The only crappy part is about the Buffalo Bills. If they win the Super Bowl, what does that mean? Well, that would mean there's only one team left that is 0-4 in the Super Bowl. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, Denver Broncos ended that back in 97. They were over 4 in the Super Bowl, and then they beat the Green Bay Packers. And they won the next year over Atlanta, so they're 2 for 4 at that point. <laughs> and ultimately, what, 3 for 5. 8 Super Bowl appearances for Denver. Impressive. Impressive. Very impressive. And then, of course, Buffalo lost all 4. They should have won the first one when uh, Northcutt missed the kick from, well, it was about, I think it was 31 yards or 41 yards out. He just missed it. It was Gary Anderson style, where it was just like, it was close, but no cigar, that kind of thing. Um, or Anderson's, it was like the minute he kicked it, it was it was just off. It was like, oops, oh, that wasn't supposed to happen. 
it was like you pressed the wrong button and playing a video game, which I, you know, don't play NFL games that much. <laughs> so, but it'd be like you just press the button at the wrong time and the ball goes exactly off a little bit. That's what it was like. Yeah, but uh, well, Buffalo would be Buffalo would uh, would would get their first Super Bowl if things go as I'd like to see, I guess. And then, unfortunately, again for the Vikings and our fan base of sixty years, would be left with uh, being the only team remaining over four in the Super Bowl. And hopefully, we're next on the list to end that, uh, end it, so to speak, rather than just being permanently stuck in that position or be over five. Holy mother of Moses! I mean, you get to the Super Bowl, you better effing win it. Great game by the Packers. They played very, 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 very well. They did. I mean, it's just all honesty. Being a objective sports fan, Green Bay Packers look excellent. They do. They got a nice pass rush. Rodgers is the best quarterback right now. Uh, that's what happens. I mean, remember, again, you go back to Drew Brees of the San Diego Chargers years ago. He was pretty mediocre at the beginning. You know, and we're talking about the greatest, most prolific passer in NFL history in yards, over 80,000 yards, number one all time. That's the same guy. And how mediocre he was at the Chargers. Whereas with Purdue, it was like plain as day. Drew Brees is going to be a hell of an NFL quarterback one day. Hell of an NFL quarterback. I mean, you could feel it. I, I, I felt it. And the way he would demolish the Gophers, because obviously Big Ten Conference, he demolished that Gophers team. Glenn Mason was already there, but the defense was like, you know. It was more of an offensive club in the Mason years. <laughs> and Jim Wacker. Jim Wacker was a whole lot of nothing. Um, but you saw a guy that could really get it done. And then he goes to the Chargers. You know, gets drafted by the Chargers. Everybody thought he was going to Miami for sure when the Dolphins were picking. And they passed on him, which is Miami, I guess. They've been looking for a new quarterback since Marino. It's only been 21 years. That's all. That's all. But uh, And then Tua. They're already talking about trading Tua. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Uh, take Kirk Cousins off our hands, huh? Eh? You want Kirk? You want Kirk? Eh? That would be great, eh? Sorry. <laughs> oh, Miami. Oh, man, they were good back in the day, weren't they? But, hmm, I don't know. They had their moments this year, for sure. Um, but the point is, again, how Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers got the fire lit under them when a quarterback of the future was put behind them. Breeze was so young still at the time, and then Breeze just took off. He exploded, became great. Chargers were like, well, Phillip Rivers is our quarterback, and then Drew Breeze is like, okay, fine, I'll be the most uh, attractive reagent on the market. Vikings were, you know, should have been uh, should have been in play for him, but we just weren't, because we still had great old, good old Dante's, the greatest quarterback ever. Compare those two careers for about five seconds. As great as Dante was in 2004, great numbers and everything, Still made a bajillion mistakes. Still wasn't the most clutch guy in the world. And then you have the best, you know, most prolific passer in NFL history. Even though I stopped liking him after 2009 for obvious reasons. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it it lit a fire under him, and things changed. And now look at Aaron Rodgers with uh, with love uh, with love behind him. Love ain't gonna see the light of day for now. We'll see what happens. It's just amazing what happens. Obviously, a very long, drawn out point there. But that's how it goes. Uh, and the Vikings, yeah, you put in Sean Mannion and, of course, give him, you know, guarantee him the kind of money that you're just screwed and you can't sign anybody else hardly. You can, but it's not easy, that kind of thing. You have to really make some sacrifices. <sighs> Where there is no real pressure on Kirk Cousins other than live up to your contract, doggone it. That kind of that kind of pressure. Yay. That's great. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was under the same thing in uh, Green Bay, and he didn't play very well either for a long time when he was under the massive contract, which he still is. Let's move on. Sorry, but uh, at least I had something to say about it, I guess. There's always something to say, isn't there? Who's next? Who's next? (laughs) Cleveland versus Kansas City. Question now becomes, will Patrick Mahomes be ready next week? I bet just about the house on that one. Of course, he's going to find a way to be ready to go. Of course he is. He played great and everything when he was in there, did Patrick Mahomes. Then there was that crunchy-dunchy style play, basically. He got kind of crunched and looked like a head injury, obviously. We'll see. Um, Who knows? And the impact is, is, you know, with with plays like that, it doesn't, it never looks as bad uh, all the time. Sometimes, I mean, it looks threatening. But you just don't know what's happening inside. That's the whole point with the head injuries. Um, it could go on forever about that. Obviously, the Cleveland Browns would have gotten destroyed in this game if Patrick Mahomes stayed healthy. 
because their defense is just, you know, they have names on the defense, but it's just not enough. Uh, they're kind of like the Vikings. You know, you have a prolific offense, great weapons, a quarterback that's hot and cold, but has talent, has special skills, but on occasion he just drives you insane. Baker Mayfield is like a young Kirk Cousins in a way, with a little more mobility. In fact, sometimes he has more mobility. He got 11 yards in the game, so yeah, there you go. No, he's more mobile than Kirk Cousins. I'm more mobile than Kirk Cousins at 41. I, I, at least I think I am. Because I've always was, I would have been a mobile quarterback if I played. Chubb, obviously, got all these weapons. Chubb and Kareem Hunt, he got the touchdown against the Chiefs, and they booed the hell out of him. Yeah, yeah, he's the worst person ever, we know. Okay, but <laughs> it is what it is. But it's also nice to have a decent backup quarterback and the need of it. What if Sean Mannion was the quarterback of the Chiefs? Do you think they would have won yesterday? No way, Jose. They have Patrick Bleepin' Mahomes who's making more money than Kirk Cousins or about the same now when it comes to cap hit going into next season. <laughs> Ain't that precious. <sighs> Isn't that precious? But again, again, can I say it again? Chad Henney versus Sean Mannion. Would the, would the Kansas City Chiefs have won the game if Sean Manning was the quarterback of the, of the Chiefs yesterday? New way, Jose. My God, Neil, my buddy, God rest his soul, Neil would say. They were, there's no way. Like Chad Henney, Chad Henney. <laughs> Henney thing is possible. Ugh. Okay, that's cute. I know. Patrick Mahomes tweeted that out. Actually, it's cool. Nice support job. Uh, nice support. Patrick Mahomes is like, very likable. For a guy with his talent level, he's pretty humble, isn't he? Unlike like like ninety percent of the rest of the team in the NFL, like guys that are like one half as good as Mahomes, and they got this they got this ego up the ass. It's just depressing to watch. Continue though, Joey is uh, again Patrick Mahomes was mashed up a bit. If Cleveland's defense was just a little bit better, they could have won this game easily. Their secondary sucks. Their secondary sucks, and you're going against, again, Patrick Mahomes. It would have probably been a 40-plus, you know, whatever Cleveland has. You know, basically, whatever Cleveland had at the end. Like, 40-something to 17. It would have been something like that. 41 to 17. Cleveland would have still had their 17. Cleveland, you know, it's just, ugh. The touchdown that was knocked away, and of course, that was an illegal play. Helmet to helmet. Knocked away into the back of the end zone. The infamous touchback play. Oh, God. It's happened to the Vikings before. And it's it's the team that happens to they almost always lose because literally you're you just had a touchdown just go away you just gave the ball to the other team it was literally a touchdown you're in the end zone you can't hang on to the bleeping ball and it was a helmet to helmet play it was bullcrap and all that it was Richard Higgins that's who it was yep he actually led the Browns in receiving where was Jarvis Landry I don't know just on short plays ten attempts ten ten attempts seven catches twenty yards it's like a world record for. 2.9 yards average. Come on. It's like, and I know Kansas City's defense is a bit, stu- you know, it, it, it's stingy, but they're not that good. Yeesh. I don't know. It just seemed like they're kind of terrified of it was Cleveland. Terrified of mistakes by Jaker Mayfield, because obviously, again, he's got Kirk Cousins syndrome. Oh, man. If, that's the thing. You know, people talking about Cleveland, they have the parts. Yes, they do. But they didn't really utilize the parts as much as they could have in this game. And, of course, the golden opportunity, getting the ball back after Chad Henney was stopped. Golden opportunity. Chad Henney was was stopped. Um, Chad Henney's offense was stopped. Actually, you know, and then you, you can't do jack crap. You can't do jack crap. You get completely pinned. You have to give them the ball back, them being the Chiefs. What was it, third and 11? You let Chad Henney, Henney scamper for, like, Ten and a half yards or so. And then, of course, magically, Tyreek Hill is left wide open, basically, for at least a three-yard little slide for the first down that wrapped up the game, because that was it. That was the clock. Very, very frustrating moment. Very frustrating. I kind of went on a rant, and Vince Germano, God bless you, I I rant too much. I rant way too much. He probably thinks I'm nuts. And I keep saying it every time. I talk Timberwolves or Browns or whatever. Ugh, Vikings or whatever else the topic is. Yeah, I'm sure he thinks I'm nuts if he's listening. <laughs> great friend, though, man. What a great friend. Putting up with some of that uh, craziness. Great weapons on Cleveland, but again, they need to just they need to shore up that defense. Obviously, the Vikings need to do the same thing. Of course, we'd I'd love to get a quarterback of the future in Minnesota and Baker Mayfield. I mean, you, I, I I don't know. He looks so good sometimes, and then again, you know, he'll just make dumb mistakes. 
or he'll just be as mediocre as ever. He'll just not make the play. It's good that he gets rid of the ball when he needs to and all that, but so does Kirk Cousins. And that leads to, obviously, more inaccuracy because that's just how it goes. You know, that's just being smart rather than turning the ball over. He'd rather just throw it away. Common sense type stuff. But plays like the Rashad Higgins one, you know, and of course, again, hang on to the ball regardless. Imagine if you got the helmet-to-helmet put on the kickoff. You could have pinned that mediocre Kansas City offense without Patrick Mahomes deep and got the ball back with a golden opportunity. Absolutely heartbreaking how Cleveland could not capitalize and win this game. Uh, it drove me crazy. They had a golden, multiple golden opportunities. Just that touchdown alone would have made a massive difference. Actually, it would have won the game. Well, if you do the math, they would have won the game. Obviously, who knows what circumstances would have taken place after that, but it turns out that it would have won the game. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> Maybe worst case scenario, you get in field goal range and then wipe, uh, and then, you know, hopefully make the kick. Cody Parkey, huh? Cody Parkey. <laughs> Cody Parkey. Well, hope, hopefully he'd make it. He did make a 46-yarder, Cody Parkey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anderson Dehu managed one sack or tackle in the game, pardon me. Very mediocre. Miles Garrett, very nice sack late in the game that put Cleveland in opportunity to keep moving. I get there, I'll get the ball back, this and that. They have Miles Garrett. He's one of the best defensive players on the planet, but they need more. They need more. Sheldon Richardson, too. I didn't even realize that. He had a pass deflection. Nice. Uh, but they need more. Sheldon Richardson. Huh. I did not even realize that. Where have I been? What's wrong with me? That's kind of cool. It's amazing how guys just disappear and they pop up on Cleveland. That's kind of what it's like. They pop up on teams like Cleveland. Anderson Dejo. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Cleveland easily could have won this game. Easily could have won this game. And they just did not execute defensively when they have, you know, when, when they needed to. I mean, you can't bring, what was he, like 35-year-old Chad Henney down? Is, is he known for his legs? I mean, he's, he's got a good arm. He always had a good arm, but he was just not the most accurate guy. That's why he's mostly been relegated to backup duty. Of course, when uh, guys like Pennington were always hurt for the uh, Miami Dolphins. That's how far back uh, Chad Henney goes. He basically replaced uh, Pennington in Miami back in the day. Uh, Pennington had the kind of a minimal arm, but he was super talented. Henny had the big arm, but not as accurate. Uh, this and that. That was that's Miami. Uh, talented, accurate, never could stay healthy. Pennington, Henny, ac- uh, big arm, but not very accurate. Never known for his legs, and you just you give up a third and eleven, and he puts the the Kansas City offense in position. You know, where it's just inches, fourth and inches, and then of course again you just you just choke and leave uh, Mr. Tyreek Hill wide open enough where he, all he had to do was slide. You know, it's just ugh. heartbreaking moment. Heartbreaking moment. I mean, uh, and again, the Cleveland offense with all those weapons couldn't do a jack squat. Kansas City's defense is a pain in the ass to go against. I mean, Viking fans know about that last year. No Patrick Mahomes and we lost the game. We lost the game. And we were playoff team last year. Vikings made the playoffs, remember? What were we, 10-6? and six? We could have been 12-4. and four. But we just kind of said hell within the last two games, especially the Bears game. Travis Kelsey is what he is. He's, you know, big moments getting those first downs. But I will uh, continue to say Cleveland should have won this game. They should have won. But, I don't know. It's like you don't want to capitalize and or just brag about, well, we beat them because he got hurt. Ha ha. But at the same time, ah, Cleveland, come on, capitalize. It reminded me of the Vikings in a lot of ways. The ultra-conservative style offense. Come on. Kevin Stefanski, as much as I like him, come on. It was kind of like the old Vikings offense at times that drives me nuts. I don't hate the Vikings at all, so don't get mad at me. I know a lot of people feel the same way. It's like third and 11, and it's like a two-yard pass to Jarvis Landry or something. Nobody's blocking. There's three defenders right there. He's got to break like three tackles to get five yards when you need 11. It's stuff like that. It drives me nuts, the lack of creativity, this and that. And again, Kansas City, credit to them, obviously, sticking with it. And now they still have a chance to win a Super Bowl because if Mahomes is back next week, they have a chance to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to pick what I'm going to pick when it comes to the uh, the Buffalo Bills and such, but uh, Kansas City, obviously, we all know what they're capable of, and a lot of their defensive players are pretty obnoxious, as you can see, as a lot of you saw, but, well, yeah, well, they're 14-2 and two for a reason, partially because Mahomes did not get hurt and miss games like he did last year. 
Uh, where Kansas City had a little bit more mediocre record last season because of that very reason, the injury to Patrick Mahomes. There, Billy was a, it was like a hyperextended knee, something like that. He missed a few games. Now we get to Nolens and Tampa. And starting off this game, New Orleans had a bit of momentum in the game, and it just reeked of New Orleans is probably going to win this game. It just you just had that vibe, and then the second quarter, quarter part of me, things certainly changed in a big way. Brady started completing passes. Felt like a million dollars if you're a Brady fan, which I am able to say. Um, you had the trick play with Jameis Winston. One pass, 56-yard touchdown, so it's a quarterback rating of perfection, 158.3. I guess he might be the quarterback of the future for the Saints and see what happens. He's got a lot of talent, and he's got a very good offensive mind leading the way. Talk is Drew Brees will retire. Uh, Brees had a solid, decent first quarter. But again, he can't complete a pass from 20 yards, uh, beyond 20 yards anymore. He's basically like me at this point. <laughs> there was a time I had a good arm, and then I just didn't work on it enough, you know, later on in my life. Because I just, you know, once you start working and you don't really pay attention to things anymore, you don't have time to, you know, get out and play and hurl a ball around. That's basically what it is, like a 20-yard arm or something. And that's what Drew Brees looks like. Looks like me as quarterback of the Saints out there. To, uh, looked like that the last few weeks. The Vikings still couldn't beat them. They still got demolished because Alvin Kamara couldn't be stopped. Obviously another strong game for him. But the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the last five, six weeks, look damn good. And it's starting. I'm starting to get a vibe about Brady and the Bucks. I really am. I'm starting to get a feeling about Brady and the Bucks. I really am because, and it's shades of remember two years ago when the Vikings and and the New England Patriots played, and the Patriots were decent. They're just you know they're having like an okay season, and then the way they just kind of schooled us and made us look stupid, and then they never lost another game the rest of the year. They won the Super Bowl. Uh, shutting down the Rams, this and that. They made us look stupid. That was 2018, of course. And then Brady got his 1,000th yard rushing after like 20 years in New England. 1,000 <laughs> yards, and it was funny. And he had fun. He did the little first down. He's kind of smiling like, oh, there it is, first down. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, guys always celebrate their first down with the, the play, you know, or the, the, the signal, whatever, first down. <laughs> And then the Bucks went on, and, or Bucks, the Patriots went on and won it all. Brady was sharp, sharp enough anyway, with the receivers he had. Uh, obviously, Edelman's great, but the rest of them aren't with the, uh, the, the the Patriots, particularly in the last couple of years. Last year with Brady, holy cow, it was a struggle. Um, he was frustrated like I never saw, you know, utter frustration. This year he's got a billion weapons. You get all this talent defensively and offensively. I'm starting to get a feeling, man. It's Tommy in December time. It really is December, January, and ultimately February time, possibly for Tom Brady. Nobody's been in the Super Bowl more than Brady. Nobody's been in the conference championships more than Brady. I mean, you know, he he, he really is the GOAT. Uh, love him, hate him, call him everything in the book. He's the GOAT, truly. Uh, Leonard Fournette, very solid in the game. Very, very solid in the game. Ronald Jones. I mean, look at all these weapons. A first-round quarterback, a first-round running back, two first-round pick running backs that are very, very solid. Even Brady ran for a yard. Even Brady ran into the end zone, pardon me. He actually rushed five times, which is funny, those first down plays. But you got all these weapons. Antonio Brown, only one catch on three targets, some throwaways. Mike Evans, only one catch as well. That Saints... Secondary is amazing, but they're assholes. No, they are. They're talking all kinds of stuff to Evans, and they relegated him useless, basically. Except for that touchdown, because all he does is catch touchdowns, just like Buddy Ryan would say. <laughs> Rendered him useless, not relegated. Um, all kinds of talking and talking and talking and talking. You know, I, I do not like Lattimore. He is a talker. I do not like him. And then Marcus Williams joined in the conversation, running his mouth. Yeah, well, Marcus, all we got to do is play the miracle one uh, one more time and show you, shut your mouth, dude. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's going to be on you forever. So, I don't know, stuff like that just makes me want to roll my eyes. The miracle play makes you look uh, pretty embarrassing. So, I don't know, I wouldn't talk a whole lot of stuff. Gronkowski, I mean, it's like, it's very limited. The passing game was very limited, but the Bucks got the job done when they needed to. And most of all, the defense made, made Drew Brees look almost like garbage in the game. And I don't like saying that. I don't like picking on him. Again, the trick play by Sean Payton got the got the uh, Saints rolling. Again, the 56-yard play to Jameis Winston. 
hurling it deep, and we'll see what happens. Obviously, Winston has talent. As long as he doesn't make a billion mistakes, there's something there for him. Uh, happy for Antoine Winfield Jr. and Tyler Johnson. They at least get to the NFC Championship game, maybe the Super Bowl. The Battle of the Bays, it's not going to be easy next week. Believe me, the Battle of Bays ain't going to be easy considering where they're going to be playing. If it was in Tampa, I think the Bucks win for sure. For sure, the Bucks win. But it's not going to be in Tampa. It's going to be a cold day in Green Bay. An NFC Championship game in Lambeau Field is not an easy thing to do. But I suppose Eli Manning did it. So, we'll see. <laughs> and Eli Manning did it in the divisional round years later when the Packers were 15-1 and one coming off their Super Bowl championship when they were kind of a miracle squad, 10-6. and six. But they also ran into a Cinderella finalist in the NFC Championship that year who was also 10-6. and six. Their arch rivals of all time, the Chicago Bears, who were rendered basically useless in that one. So, we'll see. It's going to be a great, 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 great weekend of football. There's no wacky, goofy Cinderella finalist who's going to get whomped by Kansas City or Green Bay moving forward. There is nothing like that here. Tampa Bay is no Cinderella finalist. You know, the Saints beat up on them earlier in the year. Breeze continued to deteriorate, and Brady continued to get better. Obviously getting more and more used to his teammates, used to the offense. It's a different offense in Tampa than it was in New England. Completely different. Uh, Bucks defense, just they, they just kind of got things going. They had a couple of weird losses earlier in the year. It's just, you know, and that's why they couldn't win the division. You know, that's why they didn't get the number one seed or number two seed. But Tampa Bay absolutely could have done it. It's a team oozing with talent offensively, oozing with talent defensively. Great coaching staff. Not the best coaching staff of all time, but very good. I shouldn't say great, but very good coaching staff. Uh, obviously, the Saints, very good coaching staff, regardless of how you feel. Andrew Breeze, I think that's it. It's a crappy way to go. Crappy, crappy way to go. Multiple interceptions, you know, three interceptions in the game. Quarterback rating 38.1. Just not a good day for Drew Breeze at all. Tim Bay showing what they could do against Drew Breeze. And that's kind of the vibe I had coming in. Brady's, you know, just the whole team. It's a whole team effort right now with Tampa. Uh, all those weapons on both sides of the ball. And the fact that it's just ever since the beginning of December, it's just they have been locked in. They have been in the zone. And that's why I do believe Tampa Bay has every chance in the world to go to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. They could win the Super Bowl this year. They could beat, they could beat Buffalo. They could beat Kansas City. Oh, yeah. And they could beat Green Bay, too. Whoever wins the Super Bowl this year, and I say this just about every year, is going to freaking earn it, boy, believe me, because the talent now is off the charts on every club. There is, again, no Cinderella finalist here. Every team deserves to be where they are, and I think this is the right Final Four. Uh, this is what I was basically picking anyway if the matchup came to it. I was picking Tampa Bay to get there if if they didn't have to play Green Bay in the second round because, obviously, I was thinking it was going to be the Battle of the Bays. Luckily, it wound up happening thanks to the Los Angeles Rams knocking out the Sea Chickens, which is what they were, Sea Chickens. Uh, really impressed with the Tampa Bay Bucks. And again, Breeze's, you know, Breeze's sudden super decline didn't help, but obviously the knowledge is still there, this and that. They just took advantage of the situation, did the Bucks? Great, great, great game by Pro Bowl snub Devin White. Awesome, awesome game by him. Got that interception. Sean, May, uh, Sean Murphy bunting another interception, and Mike Edwards interception as well. Multiple pass deflections throughout the game. Again, just that arm situation with Breeze. I mean, look at the pass deflections. It's like unbelievable. If they could get this on Rodgers, frustrate Rodgers or even Mahomes somehow, some way, and then Brady be as clutch as he is. It's going to be an interesting, interesting couple of games here for the Bucks. Notice this had a couple games if things go forward. Malcolm Jenkins did block or did deflect three passes. Very impressive performance for him, to be quite fair. Eight total tackles as well. Eight total tackles. Three pass deflections. Marshawn Lattimore, multiple pass deflections also. But uh, Tampa Bay is just down the list. One, two, three, four, six, <laughs> seven, eight pass deflections in the game by the Bucks. Very impressive to say the least. 30-20. to 20. Bucks go to Green Bay for the Battle of the Bays and the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs kick off the AFC Championship game as well next Sunday on Championship Sunday. Everybody looks forward to this. Obviously division round or conference championships. It's beautiful stuff. Go to the AFC first. KC versus Buffalo. <clears throat> it, uh, again, no Mahomes, no Super Bowl appearance for Kansas City. 
No Mahomes, no Super Bowl appearance for Kansas City. We'll see what happens. I'd be pretty stunned if somehow, someway, Mr. Mahomes isn't suited up to play. Looks like the pick distribution, they have Green Bay 74-26 to 26 over Tampa. Whew, wow, 74-26 to 26 over Tampa. Huh. Green Bay does look damn good. They do, but, well, let's see. Kansas City 52-48, to 48. very, very close with Casey and the Buffalo Bills going forward. It's going to be fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Looks like this is the later game of the two, but who cares? I'll preview it first because it's the AFC. Buffalo Bills come out and play that strong defense. They can get it done. Just the fear is, again, a healthy enough, healthy enough Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, obviously there's that clutch ability that he has, even at that young age. They just, you know, you need, you need eight yards, he'll give you 11. That is Patrick Mahomes' signature. Luckily for the Buffalo Bills, Josh Allen has been absolutely spectacular and an MVP candidate. 37 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Amazing, amazing, amazing season. Believe it or not, their stats are just about equal. 45-44 for yards for Josh Allen. 47-40 for Patrick Mahomes. We know who the better quarterback is. But Josh Allen's going to be making $100 million as well, I think, with a big contract. He's going to be a $100 million guy. Um, My God, the receiving game as well. Travis Kelsey, 14-16. That's unbelievable for a tight end. 105 receptions. My God, Stefan. Whew, crazy. 11 touchdowns. Stefan Diggs only 8 touchdowns. What the hell, right? But 127 catches. 15-35 for yards. Stefan Diggs is just about the best receiver in the league now. I wish <clears throat> I wish he was here. <clears throat> it is what it is. I wish he was here. Devin Singletary, not spectacular. Neither team has a devastating running game. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, even though you have some of those other names in Kansas City at running back that have not been that great, unfortunately, for them. Uh, and it looks like, yeah, Clyde Edwards is questionable. Willie Gay Jr. out. Sammy Watkins out. Nothing on Patrick Mahomes. That's interesting. Zach Moss, ankle, IR. And same with uh, Isaiah Hodgkins, IR. Both offensive players. Moss, the riding back, and Hodgkins, the wide receiver. Both of them are out. Undisclosed as of September 6th. Wow. For Hodgkins. So, yeah, he never played a game. <laughs> Excuse me. Kansas City did recently lose to the Chargers on Jan 3rd. The season finale, but of course, again, who cares? They were 14-2. and two. They just wanted to be like, okay, just screw it. Both teams have been, generally, you could say, perfect since since December. So both teams have Super Bowl all over them. Buffalo at 13-3, and three, Kansas City 14-2. and two. It could have been 15-1. and one. Super Bowl aspirations written all over both clubs. I'm going to stick with the Buffalo Bills, even though the Chiefs are just, they're always on a mission. They're just, they're just that's just how it is of the Kansas City Chiefs right now. Whenever you think you have them beat, they magically get that first down, they magically make the play, and then the drive continues, and then the clock runs, this and that. You have this golden opportunity, and then their defense also shows up and puts you in a three and out. But I have a lot of confidence in Buffalo Bills' offense to get the job done, even against this stingy, frustrating Kansas City defense. And I do believe Buffalo's defense is even better. Leslie Frazier is doing an unbelievable job with the Buffalo Bills. Unbelievable job. He might even get another head coaching kick, even though I wouldn't be the first to hire him because he was pretty mediocre as a head coach. Greatest guy in the world. Greatest, greatest guy in the world. I have nothing bad to say about him other than just as a head coach, he's pretty mediocre. That That's all. I mean, it, you know, it, it, it is what it is, right? He was pretty mediocre as a head coach. Andy Reid, obviously, you know, he's got choke written all over him in his career. Even though he's had unbelievable uh, win-loss records and this and that. Oh, heck, so does Sean Payton. There's choke all over him, too, except for against us and against the Indianapolis Colts that same season. <clears throat> that was the one year they broke through and got it done. Otherwise, the Saints have, you know, choked many times in the playoffs. Ha, 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 ha. Kansas City's got the number one offense in the NFL, <clears throat> mostly because of their passing game, obviously, not the running game. <clears throat> Buffalo Bills, obviously, again, great offense and great defense. Kansas City, great offense, stingy defense that can give up yards, but always frustrates you at times at the end of the day. This is, uh, it's like plain as day. This is by far the best matchup you could possibly get in the AFC. And a lot of people would tell you the winner of this game will be the world champion at the end of the day. A lot of people will tell you that you could beat the, the either of the Bays, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Green Bay or Tampa Bay has it in the cards. 
I do believe any of the four teams could win the Super Bowl this year. But I'm going to stick with the Buffalo Bills defeating the Kansas City Chiefs oh so narrowly. They're going to pull off a, a very narrow upset over the Kansas City Chiefs. 30, uh, 31-27 over the Kansas City Chiefs. 31-28 over the Kansas City Chiefs. Three-point game. Three-point victory for the Buffalo Bills. A big stop when it's needed here and there. Or say maybe the Buffalo Bills make the big plays down the stretch where Patrick Mahomes doesn't see the ball. That's more likely how the Bills will get it done. It would have to be the offense. A big play to Stephon Diggs or whoever and then set up a field goal or whatever it takes for the Buffalo Bills to walk off on the Chiefs. Just, I mean, that's about the only way they could do it, but I think they can. I, I just see it coming. I see the Buffalo Bills pulling off something like that where it's the narrowest of narrow margins, little time left, and they somehow, someway, pull it off and get the job done in advance to the Super Bowl for the fifth time in franchise history. Now we go to the NFC Championship game, which again will be the slightly earlier game, I believe. <laughs> or so I'd like to believe anyway. <clears throat> Green Bay and Tampa Bay. Much anticipated. Rodgers versus Brady. And again, I mean, it's MVP candidates over in the... Uh, it's MVP candidates everywhere, honestly. All these teams are MVP candidates. Yeah, this is obviously the earlier game. 205 Central Time. Like that earlier start. Brady, 40 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. Rodgers, 48 touchdowns and 5 interceptions. Brady, 4,600 and 33 yards. Aaron Rodgers missed 4,300 by a yard, which is funny. Aaron Jones, a solid, solid season, nine touchdowns. He missed a couple games, if I remember correctly. And Devontae Adams regarded as the best receiver in the league with 18 Randy Moss-like touchdowns. Literally Randy Moss type of numbers here. 1,374 in the yardage category. Mike Evans, a killer as well with 13 touchdowns. Decent, okay running game with Ronald Jones Jr. and guys like... uh, Fournette, we'll see how he does. Ronald Jones Jr. is questionable with a quadriceps finger. Quadriceps and finger. Quadriceps finger. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Your quad, yeah, you know that. Your thigh. Yeah. Uh, questionable, not injury related with Andrew Adams. Hmm. Maybe maybe uh, COVID. Who knows? And then Jeremiah Ledbetter is oot with a calf injury. Simon Stefanik is on the IR with a knee injury. I probably guess what that means, unfortunately. IR with a triceps injury as well. Billy Huynh, defensive end, and Tyler Irvin, running back, IR with a foot injury. So obviously those guys will not play for the Packers or the Slackers. Funny how Tampa Bay's passing offense is actually, you know, it's got more yardage per se, but Green Bay's probably a little better executing down the stretch in that category. We'll see. I got Green Bay much better running offense than the uh, than the Bucks, 28th in the league and running. Kind of crazy. There's uh, three out of the four teams don't have much of a running game, or Green Bay does. That could help in a big way. We'll see, but we all know what Kansas City does, regardless in those short yardage situations or third and long, they still get it because they have Patrick Mahomes and even Chad Henney got it done. I still can't believe that. Uh, Tampa Bay's got the best run defense in the league. <laughs> Tampa Bay has the best run defense in the league, and they are sixth in the league in, in uh, total defense. Green Bay's ninth. Pretty impressive. Pretty damn impressive. Green Bay's actually got an overall better offense in total yards. Fifth in the league. Crazy, crazy, crazy. But again, Tampa Bay's still got the best run defense in the NFL. We'll see if that can help be an undoing. If you can really shut down Aaron Jones and then hope to God, you know, you can get to Aaron Rodgers here and there. <clears throat> I think Green Bay's chances of winning the game are very high. But there's this this is the ultimate matchup for Green Bay to possibly lose. And I've got a sneaky feeling, man. I really do. I've got a sneaky feeling that something's going to happen with Tampa Bay. They're going to get it done. That somehow Green Bay is going to choke this one away despite the home field advantage. I mean, home field advantage means a lot. But, and you know, a lot of people think Tampa Bay coming up to Green Bay. Are you kidding me? You know, like nine out of ten times, that's a loss for Tampa Bay, right? You know, Green Bay, you know, Aaron Rodgers, league MVP, and the best receiver, and a really good running back, and a pass rushing defense that's really dangerous. There's something about this Bucks team, though, that I think they can get back to the Super Bowl, and of course Brady getting possible chance at a seventh Super Bowl. We'll see what happens here. But right now, I, I got a feeling, man. I got a feeling that the uh, Buccaneers are going to somehow pull this thing off. I've got a feeling. I know the whole country is picking Green Bay, and I don't blame them. And I'd been picking Green Bay all year to go to the Super Bowl. 
you can just see it coming as things are progressing. You could pick, you could see Green Bay going to the Super Bowl this year. Uh, Seattle or Green Bay, basically. And Seattle got absolutely trounced by the Rams a week ago. I've got a feeling that the Buccaneers are going to pull this off. And Brady's just going to be clutch. They're going to make the big plays when they need to, and they'll make the stops when they need to. I, I have a feeling, even though Green Bay's so freaking dangerous. So it's like I might waver back and forth on this one. And, you know, Rodgers is so much better. But, you know, it's Rodgers and Brady. They can both make the big plays. Generally speaking, Rodgers has been more reliable at this stage of his career than Brady at this stage of his career in age. But it's just Brady really stepped it up this year in a big way. Maybe it's just going to be the traditional old legendary quarterback has a spectacular season, gets his team to the conference, but then loses. Like Brett Favre against the Saints. Like Joe Montana against the, you know, against the Buffalo Bills. Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills. So it's a rematch of that game. Way back in the day, Buffalo Bills won that one. I think the Bills repeat that in a way. Of course, very different, very different situation there. Two young, up-and-coming stars there at quarterback. And then these are two old, legendary stars at quarterback, Rodgers and Brady. I'm going to waver back and forth on this one. You know, a lot of things would side with the Green Bay Packers, but there's something about Tampa, man. They are just locked in. Uh, there's something about Tampa, and of course Brady again can do can get it done still at this level. It's unbelievable what he's been able to accomplish. There isn't a 43-year-old on the planet that can do what he's doing right now. There really isn't. Oh my God, am I going to pick both road teams to win? Pretty crazy if it happens, but it can, and it does happen more often than it should. I wish the road team won against the Saints years ago when it was the purple and gold going into New Orleans and Vikings outplayed them the whole game except for the single simple fact of the frickin' turnovers. And that's what I think could be the difference also for Tampa Bay is the frickin' turnovers in a good way. They'll get the turnovers, uh, frustrate Rodgers here and there, despite the fact he only had five interceptions all year. I got a feeling Rodgers is going to have like two interceptions in the game or at least one big one that'll really set the table for a Tampa Bay victory. And the Bucks somehow pull this thing off. Epic battle. Epic battle between two teams here. That is going to be something like 35 to 32. Something crazy again. Coming down the stretch. 35 to 31. Whatever the heck. Really low scoring. Or really low scoring. Really high scoring game. That uh, gets really physical at the end. And it's just kind of back and forth. Really amazing moments. But I think the Bucks actually squeeze past the Green Bay Packers. But then I, uh, can I pick the Bucks over the, the uh, Bills? I don't know. I'm still going to stick with the Bills winning the Super Bowl on that one. But we'll have to wait and see what happens. I've got a sneaky feeling the Bucks get past Green Bay and both road teams pull it off. I'll probably be wrong about both of them. It'll probably be Chiefs and Packers in the Super Bowl, which will be a great game. Great game, regardless of what you feel about Green Bay. It's a great, great game. Uh, but right now, I just got a feeling Bucks and Bills, B&B &B in the Super Bowl in my humble opinion. With that, we'll take a quick break and get to fan interaction. And we are back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two fan interaction segment. Get to Twitter ASAP, at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show. Thank you again, for joining the show. Those of you that did, always appreciate it. Retweeted by the most recent episode, anyway, 336 Wild Card Review, Divisional Preview. Of course, this will be, you know, Divisional Review. Conference Preview. <laughs> Tanae Brown, out of New Zealand, and Vinrock, Vince Germano, out of Australia. Thank you, guys. Sam Gupta, out of California. Liking it. Thank you again so much. Gerald Sring, out of Nebraska, liking it. There's some interaction, mostly just yesterday, during the actual games. Yesterday and maybe some Saturday. Nope, it's it's yesterday. Yep, Malcolm McSween, California. Response to when I was saying very cheap play, which just happened. I'm not happy. And again, the uh, knocking the ball out of the end zone, and then the uh, you know the unfortunate moment where you know it was a helmet to helmet and didn't get called. Malcolm McSween says, "Sam, what a game changer. Sure was, sure was. I mean, uh, Cleveland could have got it done, and then they had a golden opportunity a while later." Deborah, that three and out that I mentioned, that was just disgusting. It killed Cleveland, basically. Because then Kansas City had the time-consuming drive that just ran the clock out. 
because they couldn't get the bleeping stops. It was a multiple chain. Uh, I think they moved two chains up, ended up wiping out the clock for the uh, Cleveland Browns. That freaking bullcrap. Uh, they got a first down, but then this next play was just garbage. And I said, awful play calling on that last drive. What the hell was that? Minster Mano says, poo poo platter. Lakers, Pies and Browns. Pies is an Australian team. Cleveland Browns, of course, and Los Angeles Lakers. We all know who they are. They're defending champs, and they're looking good again. We'll see what happens. I'll keep a lid on it, like he says, because he doesn't want me to jinx the Lakers. And I don't blame him. I'll knock on wood, even though I'd rather see the Timberwolves win. But, uh, you know, Lakers are at least... At least the Lakers are fun to watch. It's a, it's a style of... It's a style of play that I like a lot more than the Golden State Warrior type, just jacking up threes. And, well, lucky for the Warriors making them. But I don't want them to win, so... <laughs> And for the record, again, love the Browns. Hope for some success there in Cleveland. If the Vikings aren't winning, go Browns, you know. Go Browns. <laughs> Hopefully they can keep it up. We'll see what happens. Um, I was bl- cursing my head off, saying, what the bleep was that? How can you let Chad Henney run for 14 yards? Utterly pathetic, utterly horrible bullshit. I just went off. Pardon my French. Malcolm liked that one. Obviously, he didn't like it either. Mad Martin says, credit to KC for holding on. The future for the Browns looks promising. That's that's true. Yep, that's true. I was in a mood, though, at the time, and I apologize. Let's just say, for personal reasons as well, I was a bit frustrated and sad. I can't really get to all of it. Though there is one thing I should mention very shortly. I'll get to the... I'll say that when I get to Facebook, and I better mention that one. I was... Yep, he was responding to my what the bleep was that. And I thought I retweeted him. A response. Okay, yeah, there's a quote tweet, and I told him it was pretty exciting, but I suppose so. Hopefully Cleveland can go further. Really hoping it's not Kansas City year in and year out. I've already had enough of them for some reason. Don't know what it is, but they don't know what it is when they bug me. Yeah, they were kind of jackassy, and but I guess teams have some success, just like the Seattle Seahawks. They were jackasses in the past, too. Once they once you got some success, you win a championship, and you just become jerks, basically. And that's what Seattle did, and that's what the, a chunk of Kansas City is like. Certainly not all of them. I'm not a big Tyreek guy. Tyreek Hill. Ugh. I don't know. He bugs me too. Yeesh. Every time he makes the play, he's like the king of the world, you know. It's like, get out of here. Get out of here. You know, that kind of thing. That's what I want to tell him. Tanae Brown. Again, Man Martin, Northern Scotland, legendary Hall of Fame, Purple Mafia contributor with the the tweets and the call-ins. He is a legend. Tanae Brown is also a legend out of New Zealand. The Timberwolves and the show. Timberwolves Explosion. And this show, Timberwolves Basketball, Timberwolves Explosion, check that out, and Brave the Wild, NHL Hockey Conversation, check that out, with a familiar host. If you don't like me very much, well, uh, then maybe you won't like those shows either, but if you like me and you like what I do, and you want to hear some hockey and some basketball coming up, keep it up. Otherwise, uh, hold on for a conference conversation next week, and Super Bowl preview, conference, conference, uh, Yep, conference review, Super Bowl preview next week. <laughs> Let's get to what Tanae says. The way, yep, he's talking about the Chiefs. The way they're acting, the way their sideline was acting, I'd say they have two, one or two years left. Yeah, I think so. Bills beat them next week, especially if Mahomes is out. Yep, absolutely if Mahomes is out. Uh, yep, now was the big hit against the Browns. Ruled out. Hashtag Pat don't want to overreact, but Okay. That's interesting. <laughs> that was a that wasn't Tanae saying that. That was those are trendings or whatever trending things. Ben Martin says don't have a problem with the with the, with KC. Ben to Arrowhead a couple times and had a blast with their fans. I'm sure. I mean, I mean, so I'm happy if they win another one. I'm yeah. It's not going to kill me if they win another one. They're probably that might be it. Maybe just like Tanae was saying, maybe another year or two. Because, yeah, obviously, dynasties just don't happen as much as they used to. Like, you know, it's not for long, as always. Salary cap, injuries, age, you know, all that kind of stuff always catches up with you in the National Football League. They'll stay competitive. They'll stay dangerous. But, obviously, you know, you can't win the Super Bowl 10 10 out of uh, 11 years or anything crazy like that. There's just nothing like that. You're not going to see a Celtics, you know, eight championships in a row type of thing like the Boston Celtics did back in the 60s. Continue. Matt Martin says, don't see any other result if he's out. Yeah, that would be, again, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mahomes. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to, yeah. Uh, hoping Tom, hoping hoping Captain Tom can dagger the Aints and follow that up with the Slackers next week. Yep, yep, the Aints and the Slackers, and I think he's going to. I've got a vibe with Tampa Bay right, or Tampa Bay right now. And first time in my life, I'm cheering for the Tampa Bay Bucks. 
Yep. I mean, I've kind of cheered for them here and there because I kind of liked Gruden back in the day uh, here and there, and I've kind of cheered for him off and on, but nothing great. But once Tom got there, it's like, yep, go Bucks. You know, it's kind of like a Patriots, obviously, kind of. Obviously, there's some former Patriots there like Gronk and stuff, but and then some interesting other teams. And then today liked what uh, Mr. Mad Martin said. So that wraps up the Twitter page. Thank you guys so much. Facebook should be awfully quiet. That's just how it goes, though. And I didn't even cre- uh, create threads. I should create a thread next week where people can con- uh, conversate about the conference games. I apologize for not doing that, actually. Uh, Gerald String, Nebraska, says, Guess what, Joey? We're on the same page as far as second teams this year. I think it will be the year of the Buffalo. Josh Allen, kind of a local favorite around here. He played college ball about two hours from my house. Grew up a humble, hard-working farm kid. Bills all the way, baby. Yeah, I mean, I like Josh Allen a lot. There's nothing to not like about him. Stephon Diggs is arrogant and obnoxious and, and stuff, but he's so freaking good. Uh, yeah, he can, you know, a lot of wide receivers are assholes. If you hadn't noticed, every time they make the play, and every time the cornerbacks make a play, oh, shut the hell up and play. It gets old. It gets really old, man. Quarterbacks and wide receivers are assholes. Is it okay? Is it okay to say that? They're assholes, man. And so are safeties, too, sometimes. Oh, my God, they're assholes every single time. It's just, who can be the bigger jerk, basically? Okay, I'll continue. (laughs) Best interest to part ways, Philadelphia Eagles, the Beagles, fire head coach Doug Peterson after Patterson. Yeah, it's Peterson, but looks like Patterson after five seasons. And, of course, what happened? Yeah. O.C. The brothers. All he says is O.C. Well, yeah. Yeah? Wouldn't that be nice if he came here? Is that okay, Mike Zimmer? Please? Can can you please? Please, Mike Zimmer? Please? I know how you felt about John D. Filippo. Doug Peterson? <laughs> yes, the brothers. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I can't believe I didn't respond to you or do anything. Did you even click like or anything? Yeah. That would be great, the brothers. Yes. Duh, brothers. <laughs> That'd be great. Oh, my God. That would be cool. Gerald String, Nebraska, of course, says, you got to be kidding. I guess it really does stand for not for uh, I guess it really does stand for not for long. Wow. First and only Super Bowl, and see you later after a couple of bad years. I added the last part there. Yeah, that's pretty crazy. Pretty freaking crazy. Where do we pass around the awards this week? Uh, well, you're all going to get something, because contributing in a quiet week like that, I can't thank you enough for that. Uh, who gets the gold star? Who gets the gold star? I'm going to go with Gerald. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Gerald for the gold. Mad Martin, Tanay, silver. Malcolm, a, yeah, Malcolm also a silver. I'm going to give, yeah, I'm not even going to give a bronze. That's silver. Yep, no, no bronze. You guys deserve nice, juicy, and Vince Germano also silver. <laughs> I'll go as far as to say... Yeah, Mad Martin shares the gold also with, uh, yeah, Mr. Gerald Strang. Thank you guys so much for interacting with the show. You're all getting stars this week. I mean, you guys are great. Uh, thank you, Sam Gupta. Also, he gives us a silver just for simply liking it. <laughs> thank you so much, even though he didn't comment. Thank you guys so much for interacting with the show always. God bless all of you. You keep me going, and hopefully I can keep you going as well. I've seen the followers, like, evaporate this year on Twitter. I don't know what I did, if I offended people, drove people crazy. Maybe I'm too negative. I'll try to be better about that when I tweet. It seems like it seems like Twitter is like for ranting, and I tend to rant on Twitter. Like, what the bleep was that? Terrible play. What was that? And people probably get turned off by that and think I'm like a jackass bad-mouthing the team. Sorry. It is what it is. I don't know. It's amazing how many followers left Purple Mafia. I think I lost 100 followers. You know, in like a couple of weeks this year. It's pretty crazy. I don't know. They've evaporated. <clears throat> it's kind of sad, but true. Very sad. Very true. Um, it is what it is. With that said, thank you guys so much for being a part of the show. We'll talk about next week when next week comes. Nice to see some blue sky poking through here in the Twin Cities. It's been about a week. I've had enough of this freaking cloudiness. It's like that's another reason for my de- depression and anger and stuff the last couple of days. Uh, negativity and all that. Ah, Vince Romano, like, Joey, shut up, right? <laughs> Finally seeing some blue sky. A little bit of blue sky, like shades of blue sticking through these clouds. Oh, feels like a billion dollars. Not a million, a billion dollars. Thank God. Oh, boy. 
It's going to be great football next week, though. Regardless of wins, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. Even as long, hopefully they win fair. Hopefully they win humbly and not be jackasses about it. That's what I'm hoping for. You don't get somebody screaming, don't you ever talk about me? You know, I hated that. Oh, God. Hopefully we can avoid the bleep talk and just win, win gracefully, and bada bing, bada boom. You know, and then win gracefully two weeks from now also. I was just about to stop this thing, and then I'm like, wait a minute, I didn't even give out the contact details and all that stuff and give you a chance to call in if you like, even though I doubt anybody will. But if you could, that'd be great. Tanae, uh... Mad Martin, of course. Mark Carlson. Gerald String. Did I mention we need some guards, right? <laughs> I know I tease him about that because that was awesome. And it's true. It's true. Dave Vicky, any of you, call in. Sebastian Barton, call in if you could. Brent Jacobson. Brent Jacobson, absolutely. It's been a while. Don't be afraid of using the audio submission route rather than calling the number. Act the audio quality is better usually anyway. Uh, all you do is use the voice recording application on any, any smart device on the planet. Open it up. Hit record, treat it like a phone call, and heck, if you don't like what you said, just do it over, I guess. That type of thing. It's the same thing, anyway, like a voicemail. Uh, yeah, you just read it that way, stop, save it, and then email it slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com, paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an mp3 file, thanks to zumzar.com. Thank you again, Zumzar, for providing that free service. Uh, great, thank you so much. With that said, um, and of course you can do it for free there also, unless it's a bigger file, then you can sign up for a subscription. That's basically how they make money, is uh, converting large files. Uh, final thing is, please write a positive rating on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts if you could, Stitcher, and any others if, they're, if the application allows you to do that. Sorry for the background sound. I'm sure you guys hear that all the time on podcasts, that Facebook chime. <laughs> it is what it is. Had to have the Facebook open anyway to be able to interact with you on that. With that said, thank you again in advance for some of you that might uh, put a review. Otherwise, God bless you and talk to you next week.